hey, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight. Uh, there's something that's just heavy on my heart. And in the whole prayer, we just got through praying. You know, we pray for revival in America, but I just feel so guilty when I'm praying for revival in America if I don't say, Lord, start it right here. Because that's what we're probably more guilty of. Lord, touch the world, but we don't want him to touch us. Change those people, but we don't want him to change us. And I'm going to talk to you tonight about changing yourself first, because the gospel is all about change. It's about changed lives. We're here because we're changed. Aren't you glad you're not what you used to be? I mean, we all know we're not where we need to be, but thank God we're not what we used to be. And we're, keep, we're going to keep getting better day after day after day. But there's a story, and I don't have these scriptures for you, but there's a, uh, I'll get to the scripture in just a moment. But in uh, John chapter three, there's a story about when Jesus encounters a man by the name of Nicodemus. He was a Pharisee, member of the Jewish ruling council. And he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who comes from God. No one can perform the signs that you're doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied and said to him, no one can see the kingdom of heaven unless they're born again. And for someone so knowledgeable, he seemed pretty unknowing. <laughs> How can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter in a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. That's a change. And every single one of us who want to be in a right relationship with Jesus Christ has to go through this change where we are born again. Everybody say born again. So you can't stay the same old person. The old man has to die and you have to be born again. So we accept everybody. Thank God. We accept everybody exactly the way you are. But in order to be right with Jesus Christ, we must be born again. Can I get an amen? And that requires change. So we have this story of Jesus encountering Nicodemus saying, you got to be born again. I mean, you got to go through a change. And then there's another story in the book of Acts in Acts chapter four. And this is right after Peter and John had gone to the temple to pray and they end up healing the lame man. And he gets up and he walks. They tell him to go back, tell people what has happened. And then in chapter four, they're put in jail because of this. It's kind of a radical thing that has happened and they're put in jail and it says in Acts 4 verse number 8, it says, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, in other words, how he was changed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel. It's by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this, this man stands before you healed or stands before you changed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. And he says, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage 
of Peter and John, they realized that these men were unschooled, ordinary men, but they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. In other words, their encounter with Jesus had left them changed. Changed. Being a follower of Christ is all about change. And we need to be changing each and every day. We should never get to a place, and none of us will ever get to a place where we can say, I've arrived, I'm there, I've reached the pinnacle, I'm good. No, no, we we should always be changing, right? But change has to start with yourself. It's got to start right here first. I spoke to, and I started to leave his name out, but I decided I wouldn't. I was talking to Mark McClellan. Uh, Mark's one of our members. I was just talking to him on Sunday. And uh, just this past Christmas, Mark had a heart attack. And one of our other members, Dr. Isaac, put a stent in his heart. Uh, Dr. Isaac's a heart surgeon. Uh, Mark is, is an attorney, but he's a good guy. Don't hold that against him. He's a good guy. But I said, Mark, how's your heart doing? He said, oh, it's doing good. But I'll probably need to go see Dr. Isaac again come Christmas. I said, why is that? He said, because I can't eat the way I'm supposed to eat. I can't live the life I'm supposed to live. I can't do it. He said, and he told me that he's put up to 12 stints in one person. So he's only put three in me. I got plenty left. I'm just going to eat the way I want and let him keep putting stints in my heart. I said, okay, that's one way to do it. Or you could make a change. Mark decided he didn't want to change. He'll just let Dr. Isaac put the stents in his heart. The fact is, most of us, we see changes that need to take place, but usually we see them in others long before we see them in ourselves. We operate with a whole lot more grace for ourselves than we do everybody else, don't we? We're hard on everybody else, but we're easy on ourselves. Because we know, we know what we've been through. We know how hard we're trying just to be this good. Nobody knows what it takes. We're a little more critical to others, but we're easier on ourselves. But I want you to think for just a minute. I want you to think about the people that come to your mind when you think about changes that need to take place. Some of the people maybe you're sitting next to right now. Or maybe they're on the other side of the church, or maybe they're sitting at home online right now, but you're thinking about people where change needs to take place. Maybe you left them at work today or left them at home this evening. Change that needs to take place. What are some of the changes that really frustrate you that you would like to see in those people? I mean, it could be as simple as their nail biting habits, or it could be that they, they drink too much or they eat unhealthy food or they just stay up way too late or they're not exercising enough or their attitude just stinks all the time, or they've got bad time management and they're just late all the time. And you got here late tonight because they just couldn't get here on time. Whoa, whoa, uh, what, what, uh, They can't keep their mouths shut. They're always getting themselves and you in trouble by what they say. Maybe it's your kids and their grades and their behavior and their attitudes and their homework. And you just would love to see some change in somebody. Anybody know of anybody? You're thinking of anybody right now? Yeah, we're all thinking of somebody. I just wondered, did did you ever think that you might be on somebody else's list? They might be thinking of you right now. But we don't think like that. 
We don't. We, we think of the change in everybody else. My life would be so much better if they would just fill in the blank. My life would be so much easier if they would just. We rarely ever say, I could make everybody else's life better if I would just change my attitude, if I would change the way I live. Nobody thinks like that. Nobody goes around talking like that. But I'm going to tell you, if we want to see change, you got to change yourself first. You got to change yourself first. Tolstoy said, everybody thinks of changing humanity and nobody thinks of changing himself. Thomas Akempis said, be not angry that you cannot make others as you wish them to be since you cannot make yourself as you wish to be. People don't like change. We don't like change. We want it. We gripe about it. But we don't really want it. In fact, when the railroads were first introduced to the United States, some folks feared that this would be the downfall of our nation. And here's a letter to President Jackson that was dated back January 31st, 1829. And here's what they said about railroads in America. As you know, Mr. President, railroad carriages are pulled at the enormous speed of 15 miles per hour by engines, which in addition to endangering life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock and frightening women and children. The almighty certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speed. Sign Martin Van Buren, the governor of New York. My, how things have changed. If he could only see what we do now. But here's what 1 Corinthians 2 9 says It says, No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye is seen, no ear is heard, no mind is imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. There's so much more that God has prepared for us. But in order for us to experience this, there's going to have to be some change. The change is going to have to start with you and it's going to have to start with me. And as I'm speaking to you right now, I realize that everything that I'm saying to you, I have to say to myself first. If I'm really preaching this message about changing yourself first, I realize I have to change first. So instead of uh, trying to change others, change them. Why don't you just try to change yourself? Here are three simple steps. And these, these are so simple, but they are so profound because it's, it's as obvious when we talk about it as it is the change that we know everybody else needs to make, but yet we rarely impose that same pressure on ourselves. We recognize that we can laugh about it and then go on and still do nothing about it. But we realize if for change to really happen, it's got to start with us here. Here's the first thing you've got to change the way you think you want change to take place. You want to experience the things that God has in store for you. All the things that are way beyond anything we've thought, anything that we've ever imagined. You got to change the way you think. We know what the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart. This, this is who he is. So is he. Your thinking has created the person that you are right now. 
So who are you? Are you content? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you satisfied? Are you where you need to be? Are you where you should be? Can we say, I've, I've reached the pinnacle. I'm there. I've made it. No, none of us. So our thinking has brought us to where we are. Are you frustrated with yourself? Do you have hurts, habits, or hangups you need to get rid of? Well, yeah, we all do. Let's just admit it. We all do. But our thinking has brought us to where we are, and we know this. You got to watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become actions. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. Watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Henry Ford said it right. Think you can, think you can. Either way, you're right. It's all a matter of the way we think, right? Your thinking has created who you are. So if you're not completely 100% content with who you are, where you are, what you're doing in your life right now, then your thinking has to change because your thinking has molded the person that you are right now. And if you think there's more in you, there's more that God has in store for you. There's more that he could possibly do in you and through you. Then we have to change the way we think. So what is limiting your thinking right now? What, what determines your thought processes? This is not real difficult. It's what we allow into our eyes and what we allow into our ears. That's determining your thought processes. What you allow in your eyes and what you allow in your ears. And so whatever you're allowing in your eyes and in your ears has created your thought process that has brought you to who you are right now. You want to be different than you are right now. And I'm not saying that where you are, who you are is a bad person, but we're all, we all recognize that we can be better than we are right now. Right? So this isn't condemnation. If you're feeling any condemnation, you're getting it from next door because it's not coming from right here. I don't know who's next door. Uh, and let's just move on from that. <laughs> the fact is we all know we need to change. We need to grow. We need to go deeper. We, we recognize that we have to change the way we think. We have to change what we're watching and what we're listening to. So where are the changes that you could make? What are some of the things that you could do differently? to change the way you think. Number two, you got to change the way you speak. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue has the power of life and death. Change the way you speak. Your words have so much power. Your words create life and your words create death. Every single one of us have baggage in our lives because of words that were spoken to us, right? Come on, I bet every one of us could go back. I can still remember words that were spoken to me on a junior high basketball court. And I still want to punch that kid. But you know what? I didn't because his words hurt. And his words caused me to carry a wound. Oh, I don't carry that wound anymore. I carry the memory. I can laugh about it. I could punch the kid right now. I'm with the kid then. <laughs> He's an old man like me. I could punch him. I know him. The fact is, he's my friend. But his words carried weight. 
His words had an impact in my life that I still remember to this day. And every single one of us are living underneath the weight of somebody's words. I wonder who's living under the weight of your words. I wonder who is wounded by your words. Well, who's been blessed by your words? Who's been encouraged by your words? Who's been healed by your words? Whose life is better because of your words? And that's what we need to focus on, that our words carry so much impact that for years and years and years, here I am, 60 years old, I still remember the words of a kid on a junior high basketball court when I was much younger. Could positive words have that same long-lasting effect? Absolutely, because I can remember the words. In fact, I, I, t- I taught this to the kids at Southwestern. I went to Southwestern for four years. We went and many of our staff attended Southwestern. You, know, you go to chapel service five days a week, right? Four or five days a week. And I, I don't know, somebody, you could do the math for me, how many uh, chapel services that is per semester, per year. A lot of chapel service, heard a lot of sermons. I can tell you, I don't remember too many sermons. That doesn't mean the sermons weren't good, but I can't tell you. I I could call I recall a few where the title was. I mean, it was really clever. It was catchy. The message was powerful, impacting, but I'll tell you what I remember more than anything. I remember moments on that campus in that altar or in a classroom or in a dorm when somebody had a word a word that was spoken. It was a prophetic word that was spoken in my life. It was a a prophetic prayer that was prayed over me. I remember those moments. I can remember those words. I remember the message of those prophetic words. There's something powerful about words. Who's living underneath the blessing of your words? You want to change your life? You want to change the world around you? Then change the way you speak. I thought this this story was amazing. This took place just about 10 years ago in Waco, Nebraska, at Cornerstone Bank in Waco, Nebraska. This girl robs the bank. She robs $6,000 and the bank employees were able to give a really good description of the girl and the getaway car. But as it turned out, the investigators didn't need the description from the bank employees because the girl got on a YouTube video titled Chick Bank Robber and boasted of her crime, fanning cash out in front of her. Uh, The 19-year-old Hannah Sabata held up a sign that said, I stole a car and robbed a bank. Now I'm rich. I'm going to pay off my financial debt. I'm going shopping tomorrow. How stupid. I'm, I, I, your kids shouldn't be in here anyway. They should be in children's church or in youth. <laughs> Tired of parents telling me to quit using the word stupid when your kids are in Put them in kids' church, okay? So I can speak it like an adult. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. No, 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 no. Don't encourage me. Don't encourage me. Starla will tell you, don't encourage me. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have gone there. Her words got her in trouble, right? It was her words that the investigators used to be able to capture her and to put her behind bars. Words, they have so much power. 
So I want to encourage you. Weigh your words carefully. Use words that will bless, words that will encourage, words that will build up. Refrain from using words that tear down and words that divide and words that destroy. Your words have so much power. Here's the last thing in LA. Would you guys come back, please? Number three, you got to change the way you act. So you got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you speak. You got to change the way you act. These are real simple, but these are profound, y'all. Change the way you act. John 13, 34 says, love one another as I've loved you. You got to change the way you act. You've got to do something different. I love the story of somebody who dialed the wrong number and got the following recording. He said, I'm not available right now, but I thank you for caring enough to call. I'm making some changes in my life right now. And if I don't return this call, you're one of the changes. Well, sometimes you just need to make some changes. You need to change the way you act. Maybe change the way uh, you, you, know, you behave. Change where you go. Change who you hang out with. I told you on Sunday, when it comes to temptations, ask yourself the question, where are you usually at when you fall for the temptation? Don't go there anymore. Who are you usually with? Don't hang out with them anymore. It's not rocket science. Just make some changes. And when we make those changes in the way we act, in the way we speak, and in the way we think, we're going to step in to experience the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Things that are beyond what we've asked and things that are beyond what we've imagined. I think the things that God has in store for us, in fact, go back to that scripture in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, if you will, back at the beginning. No, I has seen, you haven't seen it yet. No ear is heard. You haven't even heard it yet. Your mind hasn't even imagined what God has prepared for you. And because some of us have been unwilling to change, we've been missing out on some of the things that God has prepared, prepared, prepared. I think about when my mom used to fix dinner for us and dinner's prepared. It was there for the taking. Now I would never not come in, but had I not come in, well, at first I get whooped if I didn't, but if I didn't come in, I wouldn't get what was prepared for me, right? I get something else prepared for me. I was an obedient child some of the time. <laughs> but when something's prepared for you, you have to do what is necessary in order to come and get it. God has prepared something amazing for each and every one of us. That's beyond what we've seen, beyond what we've heard, beyond what we've imagined. But in order to get there, you got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you speak. And you got to change the way you act. And I believe you can step into the beautiful, wonderful, amazing, magnificent things that God has in store for you. Come on, do me a favor. Stand to your feet across this place. And I'm going to ask our pastors and prayer partners, if they will, to join me here at the front. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for you. We're going to take an opportunity and we're just going to agree together in prayer for whatever need you might have, whatever changes might need to 
take place in your life. We're going to pray for one another because there's power in prayer. And I want you to experience every great thing that God has prepared for you. I want you to experience those beautiful mercies that are new every morning. I want you to experience showers of blessings that he pours out upon us.